Welcome to an episode of the Sports Genes Into the Lab podcast, where sports analysts and experts dissect the latest news from the NBA and NFL, giving you a unique view on some of the hottest topics around your favorite teams. From the fresh field smells of the NFL to the hardwood courts of the NBA and possibly your comfy couch for your fantasy football team. Let's see what kind of news the lab is working with today. Here's your host from the Sports Analytics Headquarters in San Antonio, Texas, Ernest Silva. Well, good morning and welcome to Into the Lab, episode 42 and a Friday morning slot as usual, continuing season one with your sports scientist. I'm your host, Ernest Silva. Find me at the Sport Gene and powered by the Mothership Blue Collar Media Group, where we are back with our live segment set schedule that's not really live because we couldn't get it to work so sorry about that <laughs> this show is coming to you from the sports analytics headquarters in san antonio texas but your favorite sports analysts are cooking in the lab from all over the globe let's cue the announcer and get your morning started off right and now tonight's starting lineup From Regina, Saskatchewan, you've heard some of his crazy hardwood takes, <coughs> bringing some more tonight. Welcome back, Kenny Cutterell. Thanks for having me, man. I'm glad to hear that you got uh, Regina through your head now, so uh, that's good to hear. Happy to be here. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, finally, I got it right. <laughs> and of course, from Boston, slightly biased, very own and co-founder of the Blue Collar Media Group, Twitter handle at Reisner underscore Steven, the general Steve Reisner. What's going on, everybody? Happy to be here for this uh, skeleton crew we got going on here. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I really thought we'd have a group of five or six. All of a sudden, Dre drops, Miles drops, Vaughn drops, now Cade's a no-show. Man, I'm beginning to think we're the stars, fellas. Well, I already knew I was the star. I'm being called up from the minors. I'm I'm happy to be here. <laughs> We're always happy to have you, Kenny. Uh, I'm I'm really excited for it today. I really expect Ken, Kenny to... remain to be the John Paxton of the group. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hit that big shot if you need me. I guess. <laughs> I'm excited to jump up. We're going to jump onto the field as we start off with the NFL in our first segment. And uh, let me not forget to put our place here, but this episode is brought to you by SATX Rated, where if you're visiting the Alamo City, you can find some of the greatest deals, some tickets maybe to some sporting events, or just some good, clean family fun. That's SATX Rated and find them on all social <coughs> platforms. So let's jump into the news. Alden Smith has been reinstated for the Dallas Cowboys. Randy Gregory being next on that list, possibly Josh Gordon. But let's focus on the Dallas Cowboys. Does this solidify a very great D-line for the Dallas Cowboys, or are they a few seasons too late? I, it's hard to say because I can't, I can't say what kind of shape the guy is in. Uh, what like Hello? As soon as you started talking, you got all messed up, so why don't you try to get Steve? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's hard to say because I don't 
know what kind of shape he's in because we, we we haven't seen him. Uh, but what 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 was that contract from Dallas? Wasn't that like it was ridiculously small, right? Yeah, it, it was the, the it was, cap hit or something. I, I know it was something ridiculously low. I I don't have the number in front of me, obviously. That's why I'm asking. But it was low risk for like Dallas. If they only get a couple sacks, out one of them, one year, like, four million. I'm pretty sure it's what one year, four million. Mm-hmm. That's not bad at all. No, that's not bad at all. Because if he's half the player he was, if he's forty percent of the player he was. Shit, that's worth $4 million. It's a win. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have to agree a little bit on the take of we don't know what kind of shape he's in, but if the videos prove true and he is, in, he is in good shape and he gets back on the plane shape by game six of the year and he gets us six, seven sacks, that's, that, that is by far a win for Dallas. And if Dallas was a team he was waiting for to give him a shot and decide to send a long-term contract that's friendly, that's even better for Dallas. Um, if Randy Gregory and Alden Smith were available and they both made the cut and they were ready, and that's a pretty good D-line. Now, Kenny, you and I, we're the Cowboy lovers on this show, and because we don't have any other Patriots fans, I'm going to stick to Texas here. So uh, what do you think? Are you hyped about Alden Smith? I mean, I think the upside just gets you hyped by itself, right? I mean, I think the upside is there for sure. Like, Dallas, Dallas was kind of mid-tier in sacks last year. I think they had 39 last year, so – it's not too bad. Like, they're obviously not an elite D-line. But, I mean, if they can get a little bit more production out of them, having Vander Esch come back from the injury as well. Like, Dallas's defense wasn't terrible last year. I, they, they were very poorly coached last year. But I, I think they're going to be fine on defense. I think, it's, I think the Smiths uh, coming back will be good for them. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Now, let's talk about Josh Gordon. And, Steve, you wanted to touch on it. I know he feels like your ex, but let's talk about him a little bit. Um, uh, Now, he's trying to get reinstated as well, especially with all these lifting of drug um, rehabilitation and marijuana uh, substances being allowed for players during this offseason. How do you feel about that, and and what are his chances of getting that reinstatement? Well, obviously, like you said, the um, uh, all the restrictions being lifted on the drugs and shit – Obviously, gives him a better chance, but I, don't, I really don't know if he's got another shot. How how many times did he did he screw up? I, you can't screw up that many opportunities. Goddamn it, Dre! <clears throat> right in fashion, everybody. Dre at two one two four is making his appearance. Dre Rogers, everybody. How's it going, Dre? Yo, good morning. <laughs> Jay, we were just talking about the Patriots and Josh Gordon trying to get reinstated. What do you think? So let me guess. You miss talking now he's the greatest wide receiver in Patriots history or what? <laughs> what? <laughs> when oh, were wait, we I talking forgot. about he's Troy a Brown? Fan. Never mind. You're right. I don't remember you're, talking you're right. about you're, you're Troy right. Brown at all on this segment. I... <laughs> you're a Buccaneers fan. I forgot. I'm sorry. Although oh, I do, it. I do want to touch on that, Dre, because Steve did make a tweet today that said, "I'm not a Buccaneers fan, but let me defend how Tom Brady is a better selection than Teddy Bridgewater." So oh, I was, I was, oh, I was, I was going to say that. I'm just saying. Oh, did you see the tweet he posted uh, around Monday where he said Mike Evans is a better wide receiver than Michael <laughs> Thomas? I mean. 
It's already happening. Did I say that? Uh oh. Oh, Monday was a long time ago. I, I almost want to share my screen and bring up the tweet just to put evidence <laughs> on the board. <laughs> Either Steve was really high, or he, you know, he's slowly starting to see the Patriots turn to Buccaneers on those jerseys this year. I'm not sure. I'm not sure there. But I'm really glad Dre Dre is jumping in here because Dre, I'm going to bring you on next. And, and ask you, so with all the talent joining in the NFC West, are the 49ers still the favorite out there? A lot of people are saying no. I mean, uh, we, we've kind of been talking about this the past couple of weeks, how the Cardinals have been, uh, you know, bringing in a lot of talent. And now with the Andrew Hopkins and re-signing Penny on Drake, uh, that offense is looking pretty good. And uh, if one of those rookies, uh, wide receivers, you know, like uh, Isabella or uh, – is it, is it Butker or, or Butler? Butler. The other wide out. Well, if, if, if whatever the one of the um, <laughs> young wide receivers pans out, oh. I mean, they, they're going to have a pretty good offense. And, and that defense is uh, – you know, last year was pretty decent. So – I think they added a, a, a lot of players this year. So you never know. And usually, uh, you know, uh, in the NFL, uh, when somebody comes out with, a, you know, an offense that people can't stop, which uh, as you watch the uh, season progress, um, the Niners offense kind of looked uh, unstoppable just because nobody could stop the run. So, I mean, after a year and obviously this month of inactivity that nobody did anything except probably study film, I think um, the Niners are going to regress. And um, I think the Rams lost a lot of talent. I think uh, they're going to hurt on offense with the loss of Gurley. And um, I don't think the Seahawks are going to let Russell Wilson shine. They're going to still keep pounding the ball. So I, I really like the Cardinals and I'm, I'm sticking by my pick. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to go on the other side of that and say, I really like the Seahawks. So I actually, I actually think they're the team to beat in the NFC West. I think they're the complete package. Their defense is stout. Um, they will be a top 12 defense in the league this year. Hot take if nobody else believes that. I think that it's very difficult to beat them at home. So you can guarantee them almost eight wins at home. And, and I, after that, maybe they win half on the road. That's 12-4 and four easy. They don't have the most difficult schedule in the world. Um, but – I, I don't like the way Jimmy G and the, and the 49ers are looking long-term towards that offense. I like Kyle Shanahan. I just don't like Jimmy G. And um, I think the Cardinals will take a step in the right direction, but you have the Rams there too. The unknowing Rams are one week. They look like the Super Bowl Rams, and the next week they look like, you know, Trevor Lawrence Rams, right? And so um, it just kind of depends on, 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 on what team you're getting that week. Um, I, I do have to say this. The Seahawks, in my opinion, have won the offseason so far with the additions they've made. I believe that they are the team that's going to come out ahead in this division. Um, so, personally, I, I, I don't like the 49ers as the favorites. Um, but Kenny or Steve, you guys have anything to add on that? Uh, no, I'd, I'd probably take the 49ers as the favorites. So. I, I'd go Seattle here. I, I honestly think this they're going to get a bit of a Super Bowl hangover. Not far enough for San Fran to like miss the playoffs or anything, because like they're still a great team on both sides of the ball. So 
Like, they're still going to be a playoff team. But I think Russell Wilson's going to win MVP this year, honestly. I think he's going to have a great year for Seattle. I really like that offense. I think Metcalf going into year two. I think he's going to have a breakout year. And I just – I really see Seattle – like, you said 12-4. and four. I could definitely see that happening. And then you get San Fran's at, like, 11-5 and five or 10-6 and six or yep. something. Like, there's definitely going to be two playoff teams in this division possibly a third if Arizona lives up to some of the expectations that they have. So it'll be a great division to watch for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a lot of prime time. I couldn't have back-to-back Dallas Cowboys segments. People would have jumped off the show <laughs> even more. So I'm going to go back to Dallas. Sorry, Steve. But Dak Prescott, yes. reported by Chris Sims, turned down a five-year, $175 million deal. Now, I know it's being reported now by Adam Schefter that that was a complete sham, that there was no deal like that given to Dak. But let's explore that and talk a little bit about the, the if and ands and buts. If Dak, Dak apparently wants a four-year contract with the last year being backloaded, similar to what Tony Romo got with the Dallas Cowboys where it was backloaded um, to help the team in the immediate future. Uh, Kenny, I'm not going to talk first because I know you're also the resident Cowboy uh, or Cowboy Nation uh, representative here on the show. Um, but when you think about Dak Prescott and you think about how the league's going to take a jump salary-wise, um, what do you think about Dak wanting north of, let's just say, $40 million, um, and wanting $35 million a year, something similar to Russell Wilson? I think it sounds really extreme right now, but, like, you forget the fact that guys like Mahomes and Lamar are going to be due contracts in a couple years here. They're going to get north of that, I would imagine. Like, these contracts are only going to go up. It's why I think Dak doesn't want, like, a five-year deal. I think he would lean more towards a three or a four because then he could get another contract later on if he proves himself. Uh, obviously, he has won a playoff game. Like, he's he's shown that he can be a franchise quarterback. But, I mean, I obviously, I would prefer that he took $35 million a year. You'd never want to see a guy uh, really waiting on that money because it can hurt your franchise overall. But... Uh, I think I think Dak I think he's he's worthy of 35 million if not just for his play but due to the fact that he's the Dallas Cowboys franchise quarterback he's probably the most heavily scrutinized position in all of football on the most heavily scrutinized teams so I think he's worth 35 now if he's looking for more than that I would say that's a bit extreme. Now, now, Dre, I know other than Stephen A. Smith, plenty of people critique the Dallas Cowboys, and Kenny hit the nail on the head with being a very public, in the public eye type of position. <laughs> Dak Prescott, $35 million today sounds nuts. Maybe $35 million in 2024 isn't as crazy. But what do you think? Does Dak deserve that money for never reaching an NFC championship? <laughs> I, I- I actually have a question uh, for, for, for both of you Cowboys fans. Uh, all right, so you already paid Zeke all this money, right? And then you paid uh, Cooper all this money, and then you paid half a defense all, a lot of money and the offensive line a lot of money. So if you paid Dak whatever the hell he wants, how are you going to complete the rest of the roster? <laughs> 
Yeah. Can uh, we have Dallas's cap guy on this let, podcast? Let, let he, he, let's you've, you've, na- you've named the whole roster so far, so really we already have our roster solidified, just the quarterback. But how did they already pay all of them? Well, it's drug money for Mexico, but we don't, don't, we don't talk details. <laughs> don't ask questions that Jerry doesn't want to answer. It's okay? shower money. It doesn't it's make money. any sense. <laughs> don't, forget, don't forget that their backup gets $3 million a year. There you go. That's, who, that's is this, who is their cap guy? And he's a good backup, too. Start on many teams, if you ask me. I, I Probably Roger Goodell is, get, is also getting in Jerry's shower. This is, this is nuts. So are you saying yes or no to the question, Dre? You're a great lawyer because every time I ask you a question, you come back with a question. So is that worth it? I, I, I personally don't think he is, specifically because, I mean – the Cowboys' playoff record is not, you know, very positive. If 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 you want to pick a, an attractive word to use, <laughs> and let's face it, uh, and and I mean, obviously, because I'm I, my team's in the NFC, I, I I'm not really a a big Cowboy fan. But uh, let's face it, if 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 the, and, and I've actually paid attention to the Cowboys because I've had Z, uh, Zeke on my fantasy team a couple of years. If the Cowboys beat the ball to Zeke for over 20 times per game, they usually win. And when they rely, when, when he doesn't and, and when they rely on Dak, most of the times they lose. So that actually tells me that Dak is not worth that amount of money. I bet you could still use Andy Dalton and feed uh, Zeke the ball 20-plus times a game, and you can still get the same wins as they have been this past year or a couple of years. So I'd say no, and I'd say hell no to reaching the NFC Championship game. Okay. All so right, Steve, let me let me go to you for a quick bite as well. Uh, so it's kind of like a yes and no for me. Like, no, I don't think Dak is actually worth 30, $35 million a year. But when you look at the fact, like, it's Jimmy G getting 30 a year, uh, Goff getting 30 a year, what, Wentz is making fucking 30 a year. That's how the market is. If you, if you ask me between Dak and any of those quarterbacks, I'd take Dak over any of them but Wentz without a question. And maybe even over Wentz. I'd have to think about it, not to piss off the Eagles fans. We're not going to piss off the Eagles fans against the well, Cowboys wanna, fans. I'll fight. Come on, come on, you want a quarterback to I finish mean, the season. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I, I not mean, it's, I'm, it's not like Wentz I'm not, won a playoff I'm, I'm, game like Dak <laughs> did over Russell Wilson or anything, that's right? That's right. I mean, his playoff losses are to Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff, and we know that it wasn't Goff that won that playoff game. You're absolutely right. So, I mean, if we're really looking at this, I mean, Dak's one and two in the playoffs, but he's been phenomenal most of the regular seasons, despite having Jason Garrett as a head coach. Now they've got Michael McCarthy. That's Mm -hmm. why I really wish that they would just franchise tag him this year and make it a, this is, this is your year to prove it. We've given you the coaching, the O-line, the weapons, the defense. Look, if you can't get us to minimum, as Ernest said, the NFC championship game, maybe we should go another direction right? because why are we paying you 35 to not get it done? So. And the, the other big thing about that is the Cowboys have not had a losing season with Dak Prescott. Let's put that there as well. Okay. They haven't been phenomenal. I mean, 13 and three was a great season. You know, that was actually our year. 
And 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 you think about um, you know, you go thirteen and three, nine and seven, ten and six, eight and eight. Not a losing <coughs> season. Dak Prescott. Um, I wanted to keep. I was hoping Dre would stay on. I wanted to get one last bet on him. But Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. Okay, is he elite? Hasn't shown it. Right. When you talk, when you talk about getting over that last hurdle, getting into that elite conversation, hasn't showed it. Um, there, there are a couple of people I want to put in there. I'd say the Dallas Cowboys would be unstoppable. You put Deshaun Watson on the Dallas Cowboys, you'd be, you'd be saying they're favorites in the NFC by far, right? You put Tom Brady, you put Tom Brady in that system. Oh man. Yeah. So, so let's, 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 I want to, I want to segue to that. And I, and I want to make an introduction. You know, Kyle Gorney is now joining us on the show here from the loud sports podcast. How you doing Kyle? What's up guys. How you doing? You missed the first Cowboys bit. So I'm glad you're here for the second part. I want to talk this last question about Dak Prescott. We'll move on. I promise. Dak Prescott Mm. is a top 15 quarterback in the league. We all agree. Yes. Across the board. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go up a little bit. Top. 10 quarterback in the league. Yes. Yeah. I'm a yes on that too. Yeah. Okay. Top back end. Top five quarterback. No. No. Okay. We draw the line. So we're all in the same area. Dak is a top maybe six, like, six to 10. Maybe like I'd give him like maybe in the eight and seven range. Yeah. That's exactly what I was yep. thinking. Seven, eight range. Okay. I'm there too. I just said it the other way than you. Because <laughs> seven eight wasn't good enough. Yeah. Well, he's got a yeah. one up in the dick. <laughs> I just gotta, you know, you got to switch it up, dude. Like diversity around here. <laughs> just Tried to take my show, and now you're taking my shit. Okay, man. Okay. <laughs> I said it was gonna be my last question. I, I actually lied. So, so Cam Newton came oh, out God. with a workout video, okay? And and it was, it, it, you know, he he thinks he's gonna be a starter in this league. I'm not sure if he's going to be a star in this league, but let me let me throw something at you: Cam Newton and Andy Dalton at 20 million, or Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton at 38 million. Who do you want? Cam Newton, Andy Dalton at 20. I wouldn't even pay 20 for Andy, but I'm going to agree with Steve. I mean, it's just less money on the cap, man. That's that's business. That's that's an 18 million dollar difference. Yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd have That's... to go Cam Newton there. It's it's too extreme. It's just Cam Newton. Yeah, like that that much of a cap difference is Cam Newton. The only thing that holds Cam Newton back in my regard is the health. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's why I would put Andy Dalton at the seven million mark than the three million because I know Andy would end up playing if Cam were to play on the Dallas Cowboys because you know the yeah. backup plays three or four games. Okay, I, I just had... I, but before you move on, the only way that I see Cam really starting for a team is if they lose out on the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes next year and they look at their QB situation and say, "Man, this is this is that bad that." I mean, like, there's no stopping Cam from going to, like, a Washington or a Jacksonville or something if they don't – if it doesn't work out, right? So yeah. – Does he reunite with Ron? Him and Ron have that relationship? Possibly. I don't know. I mean, it, it depends how this Haskins thing goes, and I think True. we all think how poorly it's going to go. So I it, Has, Haskins isn't going to make it very much longer. He's just like RG3. No. Washington is bred to ruin good quarterback – young quarterback. I have them in the yeah. Trevor sweepstakes. Let me go ahead and do our last NFL story here. I want to talk about three guys that are in the league right now. If they, they are going to start week one with their team, are they going to end the year with the same team? I'm going to give you the name, and I want you guys to say yes or no. Give me your first reaction, okay? Okay. All right, here we go. 
Leonard Fournette. No. 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 I don't think so either. Aaron Rodgers. Yes. 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 No, I don't think he does. AJ Green. What? Hold on. No, 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 no. You can't just gloss over Aaron Rodgers leaving. Hot take. Aaron Rodgers gets traded this year. I think Aaron Rodgers. No, 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 no. Before the end of the season. Before the end of the season. Okay. Remember, they start week one with their jersey, but they're not wearing it by the end of the season. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to trade I would love that. I would love that. I would love it, too. Because I would just love to see the Green Bay fans. Just cry and like just stumble yeah. to. Try they won't to have a poor enough record him. to trade him. I, no, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't see I've it seen, happening. I've seen but, Green Bay be the favorites in the beginning of the year, go zero and four, and Aaron have to come out saying everybody relax. You mean if every they go zero, and, <laughs> if they go zero and four this year with the internal turmoil, he's he implodes. He gets traded. I'm not going to say wow. where. I'm just going to say here's there's my, a couple of teams, but New England's one of them. Out. Preseason, Jordan Love. Jordan Love has a fucking Jimmy Garoppolo type preseason when Jimmy had those four games. Then yes, um, we could see some rumbling start, and you know we go that route. But I, I man, dude, you just about made me shit myself when you said that. <laughs> you didn't actually shit yourself. Did you? God, and he tried to just gloss over it. it was yep, I didn't. Like, yeah, I was just like, yeah, he's just like, all right, next too. question. Yeah, I so think, we'll talk I think NFL. He's Aaron Rodgers is getting traded anyway, so AJ Green, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rumors are out. He's already gone. Sorry, guys. You missed it. All right. Last last one. AJ Green. No, he's gone. <sighs> no. He's gone. Yes. I think he stays as well. I think Who just, Bar- did Kansas I think say Joe yes? Burrow. Yes, yeah, he said yes. Said yes. God. Yeah, I think he stays. I think Joe Burrow sells him. I think he, we, I think we, he has we, a thousand we, yard season. We, you we, think we got, Joe we got to stick together here. AJ Green. <laughs> yep. Man, I just don't know about that, dude. I just, I, there's too much conflict there. He literally told that organization, "Kiss my ass" this past year. Even though he wasn't healthy, he still was constantly trying to find his way out of there. So he didn't have money, man. Joe, though. Joe's gonna be the franchise changer. I, I, MV, MVP Joe candidate. Is, but that's what Tyler Boyd <laughs> and John Ross and all those guys. Is John Ross even there anymore? Yeah, but that's yeah, he's contract there. year. That's what all those guys are for. It's time for the young guys to play with the young guy. And AJ Green's on the plus side of thirty. I mean, I just don't. I, I think he's a good option come trade deadline. I think he's moving. Now, with that being said, AJ Green's one of those guys that you want to see go to New England, don't you, Steve? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind AJ Green. I mean, that's but, the kind of guy but, you guys like, always get, right? The Randy Moss. It's like at, at the end of his yeah, career. Yeah, like yeah, can, yeah, yeah. He'd, 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 he'd come here for third seed money. And all, yeah, all of a sudden, he'd look like his old self. Jared Stidham wins MVP in Patriots. Go 14 and 2, win the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah, yeah. Man, sounds you're, you're right. Well, you know what? It's a good segue for Steve. And again, this this early early on bit was brought to you by SATX Radio. We're going to segue over to Steve. Triple T's with Steve, oh, our first yeah. segment of the night oh. and your morning. Steve, take it away. All right. Well, so this first one, we were talking about, I, I'll All give right, a little so, backstory here. Um, we're going to figure out parking once they get going. We were talking to the Saints fan who was uh, who was telling us uh, about how Breeze is better than Tom Brady all the time. It's the only thing that Brady uh, that Brady has on Breeze is rings. So I said, "Well, no. He, how about the three MVPs? No MVPs." And he turns around and he goes, "Well, the MVP is pretty much a team award." 
You can't list that as an individual accomplishment. The most valuable player award, most valuable player is a team award, is what he said. And his reasoning behind that was because they don't give the MVP to a quarterback of a team with a losing record. And well, um, yeah, they're not that valuable if they lose games. Yeah, that's kind of, I don't know. Like when I, when I played football in high school, we lost, we lost a lot of games. We didn't just have to go around and like tell them like, dude, we, all you guys got on us is that like you win games. We'd be better if we won games. <laughs> that logic's a little backwards. Yeah. That logic's a little backwards. Yeah. I don't, I don't so know that, if Kyle's talking. I can't hear you, Kyle, for some reason. You're muted. Kyle's muted. Uh, like he's having fun, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. The next one I got here, uh, this one came out today because uh, it was announced about Tom Brady making the documentary. And someone said, who wants to watch that? Uh, Tom Brady didn't actually affect his team winning those games. He's just the luckiest player in history. Tom Brady is basically the Robert Horry of the NFL. Oh, my God. Oh. My head hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and now, anyone, boys. Anyone on a fly in some Tylenol for me or something? Business? Dude. It International shipping charges are too much. Oh. Look, no offense to Robert Ory. The man is the man is a fantastic clutch player, I think, in the NBA all time. But let's talk about uh, <clears throat> look, Tom Brady, right, is just he's a goat. He, yeah, he's, he's he's Michael Jordan of football. Mm-hmm. That's who Tom Brady is. Not Robert Ory. Thank you. Like yeah. let's 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 be honest here. Tom Brady has done things. He had the he had the 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 up and coming story six round pick, you know, and and entered into the league and took over a franchise over the course of two decades and still playing football, and he yeah that that alone is worthy of a documentary that that will be a, a an amazing documentary if it was filmed, you know it, his yeah his first the first half of his career the first like five years of his career being a six round draft pick, uh, coming at forced to come in because of an injury and then leading that team to an improbable Super Bowl win is worthy of a documentary in itself. Yeah. So, yeah. Bad take. Now, this gets... That's a nine-piece documentary, right, before you move on? Yes, I believe so. Um, Now, this one is a really special one that came up at the beginning of the week. Um, The Max is nice kid that does these, like, uh, NBA players do this videos. That clown. So he tweeted out his top 10 NBA players of all time. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. So I'm going to start at the top. Oh, God. Number 10, Paul George. (laughs) Oh, I'm done. Ernest, thanks for having me on the show, man. This was fun. It was great hanging out with you guys, but uh, I'm going to head out. All time. Oh, man. Number nine, Giannis. Wow. Eight, Dirk. Seven, Steph. Six, D-Wade. This is all time? 
Yep. Five, Shaq. Four, KD. And now this, oh this one's gonna, this one's gonna get you guys. Number three. I, Danny Granger. I can't, I can't, I, can, you know, I can't even say it. James Number Harden. three all time, Michael wow. Jordan. Oh wow. Oh no. Oh, he must be watching documentary. He must have rose his list. Number oh. two. And now I do not knock this man at all. I think uh, he's underrated all time, even though people love him. He's a legend of the game. But number two, Kobe Bryant. Mm. He's and not number two, two, though. Yeah, the, the number two greatest basketball player of all time. No. And number one. No, LeBron James. <laughs> yeah. Did I, I didn't have to say that. Obviously, it was LeBron James. It was either him I, or James Harden. It was one of the two. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I just say. Uh, okay, with all due respect I, to his list, there's there's three three or four of those guys where you could maybe make a case for them being top twenty. Like you could yes. throw your Dirks, your Stephs, your D Wades, your KDs. Fine, top yes. twenty, top twenty no issue. Fine, exactly. But okay, so <clears throat> this guy clearly just started watching basketball from like two thousand onward. Okay, see. I mean, number ten, Paul Has George. Be, right? Number Has ten, to... Paul George. Yeah, I don't there's know. a huge OKC thing there. Although yeah. Paul George, I... that's true. Is Paul George in your top fifty all time yet? I like Paul George, no, but no, I, yeah, he's, no, he's, he's not, not in my top fifty. Giannis, number nine, dude. Giannis is a beast. Giannis, if he keeps up on this pace, yeah, certainly, certainly he has a shot that he could creep that. He's going to creep way up this list. Yeah, 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 right, right now, number nine player of all time. I, I, I actually tweeted this the other day. Like you said, Kobe at two is too high. I said, I think you could make any case for Kobe at five to ten, but your top four list has to include Kareem, MJ, LeBron, and Magic or Bird. And then after that, they, like you can completely debate yeah. however you want. It really but, depends on what you put value in at that yeah. point. You you could even make a case for Russell. Sure, you want you want to include eleven titles because it was that dominant. Sure. Yeah. But, ex- oh man, that's Steph, awful. Steph at number seven. Uh, now again, I'll all due respect to Steph Curry. I, I I like Steph Curry. I'm a Steph Curry fan. I he is the greatest shooter. The greatest shooter in the history of basketball. I'll give him that. Greatest player. I don't have him in my top ten players of all time. I, he'd he'd need to get finals MVPs. Yeah, he's That's very he's back. border he's borderline. He's right there, but I, I don't I don't I, I don't know if I have I I won't even like I don't even hate him being in a top ten all time. He's exactly. a, I, I, I think the criteria of all time like you have to have it multiple rings, multiple finals MVPs, a league MVP at some point, and that's like your baseline. And then after that, like it's like do whatever you want after that but like if they don't have that then that's really bad i mean I, d wait d wait at six i'm fucking lucky waiting but hey he's uh he's top 25 <laughs> yeah if you can't you can't include steph he, he doesn't, doesn't play, he doesn't, like he doesn't play defense exactly you hold the same regard yeah. james harden steph curry plays less defense than james harden does you could put him on your top ten most impactful players of all time, which, which then I would understand. The greatest, 
Then I would yeah. understand Kobe being high, though. If you're going to say yeah. most impactful, yeah. Yeah. then I most understand why Kobe would be high. But yeah. but no, I mean Steph doesn't play defense. He's a, yeah. glorif- he's, a he's just he's just a, a polished, more improved Reggie Miller. He, he he's good at getting steals, but he's not so much defending the guy's best guard. That's why he's always had Clay because it was always Clay. You go cover the better of the two guards, and we'll try and. Hide I mean, Steph. he just. He just checked off Fred Van Vliet in the final series. Yeah, the, most, was... like, the big, the most recent big memory of Steph Curry we have. No, I like the guy again, but he had, he like, had that's his... his most recent memory of Steph Curry, his... and you're like top ten all time. Yeah. Let me put it Curry, like let me put let me put it like this. Player. Before before Russell Westbrook and James Harden combined forces to to form the dark side of the Houston Rockets this year that everybody loves to bash. They led their teams to winning seasons every year they were a solo act. Because James yeah. Harden's never had a, had a top uh, prime candidate athlete with him on a team until Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Even CP3 was over the hill. Yeah. So you, you, talk about, you talk about what they did with the franchise. Steph had a chance to run his team this year as a solo act by himself to make the playoffs against teams that were better than his team. And he took the season off. Yeah. That's yeah. what I remember Steph Curry for. Uh, and KD, uh, all, all, all the talent in the world, Kevin Durant, <laughs> all the talent in the world. You got to put him in your fucking top five, dude. Yeah. After, 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 after running away from OKC like that to go join up with the Warriors, I come on. I love KD. He's er, a UT long Ernest, I, I know that we're going to be wrapping up this segment pretty quick, but I've got an honorable mention, which is a bit of a funny story of uh, ice cold takes on Twitter. And so I, this happened in the NBA Finals last year, actually. So I, I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but uh, when Toronto was playing Milwaukee, uh, Fred Van Vliet was playing terribly. He was actually really bad until the birth of his child. And so I had the infamous tweet of, I tweeted at the Raptors commentator and said, why is Nick Nurse not playing Jeremy Lin? <laughs> They've got Jeremy Lin on the bench. Like he should be playing heavy minutes. Fred Van Vliet's <laughs> just going to go out there and be a liability. And the, the day after I tweeted that, Fred Van Vliet went on that 10-game tear or whatever it was, absolutely <laughs> lit it up. And if you actually look at my personal Twitter account, I still have it pinned there. It's my oh. pinned tweet. And as soon as – once they won the championship, like, I had people going back and, like, replying to that tweet, roasting me, saying how big of an idiot I was. It's the ISIS, it, the ice-cold take that I've ever had on Twitter. And uh, <laughs> I have to wear it as a badge of honor now. And now Kenny so, works for Blue Collar Media. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I, I have to throw basketball. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I have to throw in uh, my my one honorable mention of this week. He just just barely missed it. Um, there was a there was a post of it was uh, Bird is better than KD win or loss and like yeah that's a win Bird is higher all time than KD. So someone writes on it loss. Larry Bird was just a one-dimensional player. All he was oh, good God. at was shooting. Oh, jeez. And Oof. I just, um, yeah, it's just sometimes it's better to say that you haven't watched anything on the guy. You don't know anything about him. Than to I love NBA. Say Larry Twitter. Bird was uh, one-dimensional. Yeah, yeah. What one-dimensional, one-dimensional player, Larry Bird. 
first off, the, the person who probably tweeted that had to go YouTube <coughs> videos of Larry Bird playing basketball and, and fi- figure out who Larry Bird was and then found out it wasn't the mascot. And, yeah, I thought it was Chris Anderson. He typed in Birdman and just I don't, oh, this, I don't, understand, I don't understand how you I don't even understand how you can say like Larry Bird's one dimensional because if you type in his highlight reel, it's going to show you steals, shots, uh, rebounds, and insane passes. If Larry Bird is one dimensional, 85% of the league doesn't play basketball half the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That's Those terrible. are some great takes. That's a good week, segue, Steve. Steve. Thank you very much, Steve. You got us going there. And just let's wrap it up. Triple T's with Steve Reisner brought to you by Dakito Express, where you can get all you can eat tacos for $7.99 down in beautiful Brownsville, Texas. Go on Facebook today. Tell them you heard it on ITL. Get 10% off. That's today's special. Let's segue over. Now, we've been talking about them quite a bit, but we're going to bring it up again. The ending of the MJ documentary, The Last Dance. Um, Let's discuss it a little bit since that was the end. Did that change your perception of the 90s Chicago Bulls at all? Were there things that surprised you? Did MJ go up or down or was he already number one and he stayed there on your list all time? I'd like to get the debate going a little bit. What was your perception of MJ? Has it gone down person-wise? No. No, I wouldn't say so. I, no, they didn't. Like he said, uh, like, oh, yeah, people are going to think I'm an asshole from but I, I don't know, man. I was waiting for the part of the documentary where I was supposed to not like MJ. That he just seemed like a pretty genuine, pretty genuine, pretty down to earth guy for a guy of his stature to me. Yeah. I, I did you guys expect more MJ Phil in the documentary? I felt like that was kind of lost. There wasn't a whole lot of dissect the relationship of Phil and MJ. And I didn't get it from it. I don't know. Maybe you guys saw a different documentary, but I, I really didn't get the, you know, when, when they talked to Kobe, Kobe would talk about how Phil Jackson really impacted everything, gave him the mindset, taught him. And there was not a whole lot of that from, from MJ. So did you guys get that at all? I think they showed it early on in his career, like the, the Doug Collins episode. They touched on it there and just how, like Phil taught him how to how to involve his teammates more but I agree after that it was kind of just like yeah like Phil taught him that one thing and then he just went on a tear and it was kind of like well but Phil had like a lot more of an impact on that team I think than people give him credit for like yeah Phil's Phil his entire career who did he have on his teams it was Shaq and Kobe it was MJ and Scotty like he always had phenomenal players and so that's why he's sitting on 11 championships but I think I honestly I was a a little bit disappointed in the fact that while they criticized MJ a bit they justified everything and sometimes it's like I I wish that he would just own that own that he was an asshole like that he would just own the fact that it was like like the way that Kobe did Kobe's like I don't I don't give a shit that my teammates didn't like me they won championships and so they can get over it and it seemed like MJ was, like, trying to justify his behavior the whole time. And he doesn't have to. Like, he was the best player in the world for a long time. He doesn't have to justify anything to anyone at this point. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. It's, like, I, I saw someone say it on Twitter. It's like, people are, like, some of those people who are like, oh, you know, was it worth it? You know, he has all these people who don't like him because he was an asshole to him. Yeah, man, he's worth, like, $2 billion. And. The fucking started the biggest fucking shoot 
biggest shoe merchandise in the world. It was a fucking undisputed greatest basketball player of all time. Yeah, it was worth it. There were a couple of things that – okay, so I just want to put a caveat in here so nobody starts getting offended or nobody gets, <laughs> gets, gets you know, the panties in a knot. MJ is the greatest basketball player of all time right now. Yeah. Okay, there hasn't been another person that's better than him in basketball. Um, but the footprint that you have in the NBA and your civil duty, I, I feel LeBron James has surpassed Michael Jordan. And his ability yeah. to be engaged in creating schools, be a part of, uh, you know, bigger issues and bigger movements other than just yeah. the game of basketball. And I feel like the politics outside, off the court, all LeBron. I feel he embraced that role more than Michael Jordan did. I feel PR and Nike, everybody boosted that Jordan brand quite a bit. Um, but they, and they didn't talk about this in documentary, but just like the Jordan brand, um, Tiger, Tiger's brand also – is owned by Nike. And so like Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods cannot go and start a restaurant chain named Tiger Woods restaurant chain or Michael Jordan's restaurant chain. They have to name it something else. That's why um, Tiger Woods restaurant chain is called Woods restaurants because he can't use yeah. the tiger name. It's, it's coined by Nike. And so um, that, none of that was featured in documentary, which I know it's a little off script and, and you got to talk, but that was done by other PR and other, another, and, and, um, other agencies well i guess what my my thing is is that michael kind of stayed out of that limelight you know he didn't really want to go out there he wanted to just focus on basketball <coughs> players nowadays maybe with social media and and the internet rising they don't have a choice but players nowadays they have to face the music on that kind of stuff give a voice out to the people be more of an impact and that wasn't what michael jordan embraced how did you feel about michael not really taking on that responsibility is it his responsibility i mean people were trying to be like mike yet he wouldn't have a voice and that I don't I don't know if I like that. I don't think that's his responsibility at all. I prefer it when athletes uh, stay out of politics. Like uh, I last year, I had people telling me that I wasn't a real Democrat um, if I still supported Tom Brady because he was a Republican. Well, fuck it, Tom Brady's my quarterback. Right. I, I'll fucking I'll worry about voting at another time. I think <laughs> I think uh, it's just it's it's different eras. Like, like we don't it, like obviously MJ didn't really speak out, but like what athletes back then were speaking out. True. I guess would be my thing because I don't get me wrong. I think when LeBron James is all said and done, does he have a chance to pass him as the greatest basketball player ever? Yes, because he's still playing. Right. Is LeBron the best all-around player ever? He probably has the best all-around skill set out of any player ever. He's also going to be the most impactful player of all time. Right. And it's going to be because of the off-the-court stuff that he does. But MJ addressed it in the doc when he just said, like, when they were, did the whole thing about the politics, he was just like, it, it wasn't my thing. Like, I was always just about basketball. That was always my thing. Maybe it was just him trying to build his brand. Maybe that was just – he just doesn't want to get into that sort of stuff or lose support. Like – but, I mean, he, he still does a lot. Like, he does a lot of charitable donations and stuff. It just doesn't get noticed enough because, I mean, I, I could almost guarantee that LeBron's got one of the biggest social media followings in the entire world. So when he does things like his school stuff, it's it's out there. Like, it's out there right away and everyone knows about it. And I think sometimes that gets lost in the shuffle a bit. Yeah. 
I completely agree. Um, well, let's let's segue over. We're talking basketball. Kenny, you're making your debut segment today, Make It Take It, with Kenny Cotterell. And I'm really excited to talk about the NBA season with you. Why don't you take it away? Okay, so this is, I guess, the, the most current update that I've seen as far as the NBA season goes. So, firstly, uh, as of June 1st, uh, they're allowed to recall their players uh, who left their respective markets. There are a few that did it, like notable guys like Luca left. He went back to Europe when this all happened. People said that it was a big risk, but he took off anyways. So he's someone that would be uh, recalled. Uh, they also expect kind of a similar timeline on like individual workouts being expanded. Uh, many think Adam Silver is going to green light the return in June at some point. That's where they're kind of going towards, but... Uh, one major factor that they've talked about is the considering of like a two-site format. The places that they're talking about are like Walt Disney World in Orlando. They're talking about Las Vegas. But some of the things they still iron out, they, they're discussing like the actual structure when they return. Like, are they going to include all 30 teams when they return? Will they be returning to regular season games? Do they do some sort of play-in tournament, playoff format, all that sort of stuff? So those are some things that have to be ironed out. I think my big issue is that, I mean, as of right now, the East and West are pretty much decided as far as playoff teams go. I mean, Orlando currently holds down eight by five and a half games. They're not giving that up to anyone in the East. So the seating there outside of the teams in the middle would probably be the same. Same out West. Memphis had like three and a half game lead on Portland. So with only 20-plus games left, it would be unlikely that they would give up that spot. Uh, the only issue, I guess, is that if you look at, like, the Western Conference, so Dallas was 40-27 and 27 when this all happened and the season was canceled. But then Houston and OKC also have 40 wins, but they've played three less games. So how are they now going to determine how – how this all works right because automatic wins. Yeah. Do, do they have to automatic wins do they go to <laughs> obviously houston you're hoping for automatic wins but i mean do they play a couple regular season games like they were scheduled to or is it you know they have to determine that sort of thing i uh, i think it's still going to be 16 team playoffs I, if it were to end right now some of the first round matchups would be You've got Milwaukee and Orlando, which I think we could all agree that's a sweep, right? Yeah, Like, sure. like Milwaukee's going to demolish yeah. them. Toronto and Brooklyn would be an interesting series, but the thing about Brooklyn is they've already ruled out Kevin Durant for the year. They've already ruled out the fact that he's not coming back. I don't see why they'd risk Kyrie Irving for that matter. What are you really getting out of it? So, I Katie Toronto, says he'll play if it's later in the year. Now, what they're talking about is July. I don't think that's enough time for KD to be back in health. I also I don't, don't know. think – I'll tell you the reason why, though. So, one of the things that came out today was the fact that they're eyeing Bradley Beal in Brooklyn. There's a thought that they can get Bradley Beal as their third piece. I, if they're actually eyeing that, I don't see them bringing back KD or Kyrie because they'd have to be looking at the long term of this. Are you going after Bradley Beal and then also risking that KD or Kyrie could come back too soon and get hurt? And then you're ruining your possible years to come? I also heard I, Rudy Gobert, too. They're trading for well, Rudy Gobert. 
I mean, the thing about Brooklyn is, like, they have pieces to offer. When you look at <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie, I'll get into him in a minute, but Karis LeVert, <laughs> they've got Jared Allen, they've got picks. I mean, they can make a play. I think it'd be a good trade for Washington if they were going to give up Bradley Beal to get all those pieces back. But uh, some other playoff sees, you'd have Boston and Philly. That would be a hell of a series. Uh, Miami and Indiana, you'd have Lakers, Memphis, Clippers, Dallas, Luka versus Kawhi. That would be fun. Denver, Houston, I'm giving that one to Houston all day. And then Utah, OKC. But Adam Silver has said he wants it to be a seven-game series. He doesn't want, like, shortened playoffs. Because if you're going to come back, you got to do it right. The way that they'd be able to do it is because you don't have travel time, there might be less time between games. So, like, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be like, three days off sometimes before you get the next game. You could, you could almost do back-to-backs at that point. They wouldn't because there wouldn't be enough time to get the games done. But – it is an option for sure. Uh, my question for you guys, I guess, would be uh, what teams do you think really got helped out by this? Because obviously there's there's some teams that were banged up heading into this. Um, so do you think that there's any teams that got a little bit more of an edge come playoff time if it happens because of this whole thing? Absolutely, I do. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like who are some teams for you guys? Oh, the Los Angeles Lakers got bailed out because they did. nobody nobody had to worry about rest at the end of the year for that team. There was no overusage of older players, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the Lakers are going to be well-rested for what could be a short playoff uh, window here when we're trying to get the season done. <coughs> um, I do think the Houston Rockets benefit from all of this um, for reasons that the rest of the league – will not be uh, physically ready to take on Russell and James one-on-one, and it gives them more time to get well acquainted with the small ball lineup and get strategies in place. That was a work in progress. I mean, you had, barely had people rested for it. Um, if KD Kyrie thing were to happen, and it, this doesn't happen until October, let's just say it's October, let's say push back, and KD Kyrie get to play, obviously Brooklyn would have stuck a huge advantage yeah. if they could bring back their two stars. Um and, and I guess, last but not least, I, I have to give the other Los Angeles team also the benefit that uh, not being able to use the term of rest and, and coin rest for their two stars, let, get them healthy. I mean, that's, that's obviously – Paul George is battling all year yeah, to try so and get back. I, I think health-wise it helps both L.A. teams who, who – you know, teams who I would give outside shots because of health reasons now don't get those shots because they're going to be fully healthy. So, um, But, yeah, Steve, what about you? Uh, yeah, I was. I would have said the Lakers and the Clippers, um, and I'd say the Celtics as well. Uh, you know, at the end there, Tatum was really carrying the team because Kembo couldn't stay yeah. healthy, uh, Jalen couldn't stay healthy. I, it would it's probably going to affect Tatum's the hot streak that Tatum was on because he was riding so he hot. He was on and a then, tear. That hurts. Yeah, yeah, that's that's going to slow him down. So obviously, I'm not expecting him to come out back to. 40 points a game, but he wouldn't be doing that if everyone's in the lineup anyway. What so, team for me, too, was uh, Toronto because oh, yeah. they're also pretty yep. old. I mean, Lowry was banged up. Gasol was banged up. Ibaka yep. was kind of in and out. I think it's good for them in Miami even. They had, like, Drogic was in and out of the lineup. Like, I think it just benefits the NBA as a whole, this whole thing, because it's going to be fun to see all the teams at pretty much 100%. Like the Trailblazers, Dame was hurt. But 
bet Portland wouldn't be in if they started today. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you're right. So th- that's one of their concerns, obviously, uh, that they have is, you know, if we're bringing it back, is are we doing any regular season or are we just going straight into playoffs? And uh, one thing I wanted to check that I thought was really funny was, I'm sure you guys saw it on Twitter, but Spencer Dinwiddie had said that he would sign a one-year deal with an NBA team if uh, fans could decide for him. And the way that they would do that would be raising tw- over $24 million on a GoFundMe page. That's right. And then they could uh, determine where he goes. So I'm going to let you guys guess. Where do you think that GoFundMe page is at right now, money-wise? 240000 uh, uh, $120,000. I don't know. I don't even know if people okay. would pay. So, uh, Steve, you were the closest, but uh, you, you guessed 100 times what it actually is. Because oh, no. He only raised $1,150 <laughs> on the GoFundMe page. So, <laughs> I, if that's not a sign that no one really cares where you play, then I don't know what is. So, that's hilarious. <laughs> throw that in there today. <laughs> That's awesome. I think what what hurts overall, and I'll 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 give it the segment back to you, Kenny, in just a second. But uh, you know, defense overall, I think there's gonna be a lot of scoring because legs are gonna be gone um, when it comes to playing defense um, in the NBA. Uh, you, there's a mental edge with playing games over and over again that you start getting used to a rhythm and you get into defensive shape, mm-hmm. and, and that that fatigue's gonna wear down early because you're not in basketball shape anymore. And I do think we're going to have two or three pick-me-up weeks to end the season, get teams that weren't there up to par so we have even records across, and then get tune-up games, and then we just start a full eight-game – you know, a regular playoff schedule um, beginning of August, and we finish everything by the end of August. It'll be a quick turnaround. I honestly believe – and whether it puts an asterisk on the championship or not, I honestly believe that they should have five-game series instead of seven-game series – for the for the purposes of getting everything back to regular schedule that so, so so that's been my biggest concern through all of this and i've stayed pretty consistent with it, that if i was the nba as a whole i'd be canceling the season now i understand they need the tv money they really need all that stuff that's why they're doing everything that they can to bring it back right but if we're talking about playing into august september I mean, like, the season normally starts, like, end of October. So you're going to be ruining two basketball seasons right. in order to make sure that this one's completed. And, I mean, pe- people say, yeah, well, you probably don't care because of your team. I'm a Lakers fan. Like, LeBron right. has a window here, and it's not very long. Whether people want to admit it or not, he's probably got two, maybe three championship years left, this one being one of them. And so if he's going to win another one, this would be probably his year to do it. But I, I just don't see the sense of it. Now you're pushing back the NBA draft. They've already done that. I, we don't even know when it's going to happen because it's right. indefinite when it's going to, when it's going to occur. I just think that it would make more sense for them to start fresh in October, gives them more time to figure all of this stuff out, make sure that they do it right. You've already had NBA players with COVID thanks to Rudy Gobert. And so I, I just, I don't think that it makes sense for the league as a whole. I understand the business side of it. That's why they're still trying to go ahead with this, but I don't know. To me, to me, it makes more sense to. It's going to be sloppy. The first it. round of basketball would be sloppy basketball. If you just go straight into the, oh. it's going to be some terrible sloppy basketball. I think, mm-hmm. I think Milwaukee really suffers from all of this because they rely so much 
on on just going up and down the court full speed, and that's going to be gone. Their offensive set yeah. is going to be honest. That there's no, there's not shooting there. Everything Milwaukee really gets screwed out of us. Luckily, they play a team that's way less talented. So yeah, you know, the, the, their the, warm up games would only be four though, maybe three if it's true. five game series because right. it's Orlando. Like, right. Yeah, yeah I, I just. But yeah, um, I agree a hundred percent on Milwaukee. Milwaukee gets screwed in all this. They had a phenomenal year out east. Right. I thought that they were going to roll through the Eastern Conference playoffs. I don't think Boston's ready. I don't think Toronto. I don't think they have enough firepower to really take them down. I don't think Miami's got what it takes. Philly can't put it together. So. There was there was a lot of, uh, and we talked about it on ITL a couple episodes ago, is why James Harden wasn't included in that superstar Zoom call. And we got our answers today on it. Um, I didn't know if you were going to bring it up on Make It Take It, uh, Kenny, but James Harden is not a believer of bringing back the season. He didn't want to start until all states clear. And so he didn't want to be a part of that call because he figured he would clash with everybody. So he sent Russell Westbrook. And so the answer comes out as to why he wasn't included in that call. But other players that are considered superstars weren't a part of it who didn't believe in that either. And they didn't want to have any clash. So um, now we got the answers as to why some of the superstars weren't included on that call. Um, and we already addressed it. I just wanted to make sure that air was clear because we weren't, you know, we had no idea why James Harden wasn't on the call either, but a lot of people were speculating, oh, they don't consider him a superstar, and, well, maybe he's not liked by his peers. Nothing like that. It's just the fact that, uh, uh, you know, he didn't believe that we shouldn't come back. So, um, and, and I'm in the same boat as James. I just – I think, like, they talk about buying up the tests and everything. Like, I don't know why – I get it that sports can bring, like – it can help with things like mental health. It can help with, you know, just overall enjoyment for people. Those are things that, you know, we have to, we have to think about, but I don't know. It just, to me, they should be more focused on making sure that everything is, is ready to go in the right position in order to do so. And yeah, is it a shame? I also, even if they do come back and play it, I don't even really consider it an asterisk title. Like we don't really think about other titles with an asterisk that right. had shortened seasons. Like, oh, the Spurs won in '99, but there's an asterisk because you know they only played part of the year. Yeah. Well, I don't ever 65. hear people talk. Like, we'll think about that for like a year or two. But in 10 years, is there going to be asterisks next to who won the title? Probably not. So, Yeah, I mean, Houston Astros won a title. Nobody has an asterisk on that one. We'll segue yeah. from there. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I love the segue. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Well, thank you, Kenny. A good debut on Make It, Take It. Again, if it sounds like we're trying to push things, it's because there's really not a lot happening in the sports world. So bear with us, people. And thanks for sticking with us. But thank you, Kenny. It was a great segment. Um, and maybe Make It, Take It sticks. Maybe we have a different name next week. We're going to try to find a basketball segment name for you. <laughs> sounds good, man. All right. Again, Make It, Take It brought to you by triple double basketball academy down in the rio grande valley follow them on facebook and have your child develop their skills at an all-star level today again we had a skeleton crew with dre and kyle going in and out but i want to give a special thank you to the great and general steve reisner as well as kenny cotterell as we're ending our segment thank you fellas for bringing in your segments today yeah can't wait for next week can't wait for sure thanks for having me Awesome. And while I still have you guys on the line, let's go ahead and give our sign off. We invite all other media members and sports podcasts to join us on Into the Lab, part of our mission on the Blue Collar Sports 
media group is to debate, share hot takes, and do what we love the most, talk sports. Hard work, strong takes, and entertainment to your ears, the Blue Collar Sports Media Group. Now, with our mothership acknowledged, I'd like to announce our Home and Home series coming in June. If you're a podcast that wants to come on and debate with us and do a little trivia with our labsters, send us a DM at uh, Stephen underscore Reisner at Shooter Shoot Pod. Wait, did I say that right, Kenny? Shooters underscore pod. Shooters underscore pod. And, of course, at the sport, Gene, reach out to us. We'd like to have you on here. And if you're a labster or just a, an average listener and you came across our episode today, hashtag ELM, every listen matters. Go ahead and reach out. Give us a share. Give us a rating. And, and go ahead and give us a listen. We appreciate your support. We only grow as you do. I was your host, Ernest Silva. And on behalf of everyone, have a great weekend, everybody. You've been listening to analysis from around the NFL and NBA on the Sports Genes Into the Lab podcast. Send your questions on www.thesportgene.com or on the Anchor app. And follow the Sports Gene on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Overtime Heroics today. Today.